Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Flowtrack Podcast, flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. I'm Kevin. He's Gordon. You can check us out this weekend. We will be on site in Las Vegas. Actually, on Monday. It's not going to be the weekend. We'll be traveling over the weekend, but we will be on site on Monday. So that means, Gordon, we're doing a, a Tuesday pod next week. What's our What's our schedule for next week, just so people know? We'll probably do Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, or maybe okay. Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. I don't mm-hmm. know. Let people th- play it by ear. Let, let people refresh their podcast feeds on Wednesday all day thinking, was today the day they did a pod or not? No. But yeah, Tuesday, <laughs> we won't do a pod on Monday because we'll be in Vegas on Monday covering the Silver State Collegiate Cross Country Challenge. Great name. Silver mm-hmm. State. Did you know that Nevada was, was called the Silver Uh-oh. State? I didn't know that. Well... I was raised in Nevada, so I did know that. Silver State. Exactly. I had – man, I was a recipient, I think, of something called the Silver State Scholarship at some point in my life. Um, there's a lot of silver things named Silver State this, Silver State that. The license plates say, at least when I lived there, they say the Silver State on the bottom. So you can't grow up in Nevada and not know that it is – the silver state but the rest of the country apparently not aware of that branding yeah did not know that uh i guess golden state is california mm-hmm. and you know that because yep, the of the warriors but i guess there's a is it because they're silver in the in nevada and yeah. gold in california that's that's it does that make you kind of feel does that make but doesn't that kind of feel like hey we 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 can't get the gold we get the silver like is, are they mm. proud of being second to California? I mean, California is kind of like well, hugging them and like keeping them in a chokehold state size. I never, thought of, I never thought of it that way, but I think most people in Nevada would be happy to be second place to, to California. I think that, that's sort of an honor, I would think, out there. I don't know. I, ne- I, I never thought it from that perspective. I just thought silver, hey, silver's worth money. That's kind of cool. There's a lot of uh, old mining towns in Nevada that are ghost towns. Now, if you drive up from Las Vegas to Reno, you can go through a bunch of them. But we're going to be staying solely in Las Vegas for this meet because it features a lot of the top 10, Gordon, are going to be kicking off their their cross-country seasons there. NAU, BYU, Washington, Notre Dame, New Mexico, just some of the teams that will be in action on Monday. Yeah, another NAU-BYU battle. Last time they raced was in Oklahoma State as a you know a pre-national type meet that was kind of put together last minute with certain teams you know trap like NAU didn't even fly to Oklahoma State they drove because of covid protocols and the women's team had to pull out last minute because of a a covid case now the women's team gets to go this time to Nevada um but yeah I'm really excited to see again the 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 current 
like a litmus test between NAU and BYU because I guess coming out of Oklahoma State, you're like, all right, NAU, you know, got the win over BYU. They still have Nico Young in their pack pocket. You know, maybe BYU just needs to get a little bit healthier because some of their top guys kind of ran a little slower. BYU then ran a pretty solid 3K a few a few weeks ago at, on their home course at altitude. Uh, when you kind of like look at the the numbers, I did some an- analytics on that 3K result that BYU did, and I was able to find like two guys. I forgot who they were, but two guys who ran poorly at the Oklahoma State meet who ran well in this mm-hmm. 3K. So kind of puts together a, a strong top five for BYU. So we'll get to see now truly who is in the driver's seat going into March. Is it NAU? Is it BYU? We might be able to finally see the collegiate cross-country debut of Nico Young because, remember, mm-hmm. he didn't run at Oklahoma State. You have to think if Nico's going to run, which I, he will because none of the eligibility counts, he's mm-hmm. got to get some reps of running on grass and being on a cross-country course and just, like, he can't make his first, you know, cross-country meet BNCAAs. They got to get him his feet wet and, you know, just running Big Sky – conference championship isn't going to be enough that's not really going to prepare you for ncaa so that think i think in a weird way i think this meet is a giant let's get nico young ready because they're expecting him to be one of their top three guys and so this is a glorified nico young practice race practice that's what i think it is for nau at least okay well well we got we got to see them going at it in the fall with a lot of the big names some people ran unattached so it wasn't a completely true representation of what both teams had but if we get another one similar to that this is kind of an interesting side effect of this weird season of NA we get like NAU BYU a couple times which is not something we would normally get the top two teams in the nation going at it multiple times with most of their top runners Mance you you talked about that 3k he ran a good 3k so he looks to be in good shape I'm interested to see him versus Grijalva is Grijalva still on Friar has he cooled a little bit it's been a while since he's raced Uh, obviously uh, Shumway he ran unattached last time I'm assuming he will run in a BYU jersey this time not 100% on that as well too Um, what do you what about the rest of the field though what about the rest of the field i mean we know byu mance Klinger, shumway etc we know nau probably going to run uh grijalva nur hasty bosley some of the big names as you mentioned nico young potentially but outside of those two teams there's going to be other programs looking to secure their spot with the selection committee which is a weird word to say in cross country who are those teams and and what do you expect them to do? Well, first team that I'm most excited about is Notre Dame. Notre Dame mm-hmm. is a podium contending team. Um, not just a contending team. I think if I had to bet money, hey, we're in Vegas. If I had to bet money on mm-hmm. Notre Dame's finish at NCAAs in March, I'd say they finished top four. That's my confidence level in Notre Dame. They only ran really ACC's. And they, I think they, I think they scrapped. They may have ran like one random dual meet during the fall, but they ran ACCs and they won that over Syracuse. I'm excited to see how Yair Nagus does against a Mance, a Grijalva, uh, Abdi Hamanur. Like, has Nagus taking hit his talents to the next level? I mean, he was only 40th, I think, or 41st in cross last year. Mm-hmm. Is he? going to stay a top 40 guy or is he all of a sudden going to be you know he has a talent is he going to be able to mix it up and be a top five guy and i think this will be a first real true test to see if he's really just a a top 40 guy or a top five guy because if he's in the mix with manson grijalva with like 800 to go i think it's going to be you know you could if if he's on the if he's in the mix with 800 to go you could see him winning i mean grijalva has a great kick manson has a great kick but Nagus, I don't as as good as Grijalva is. Nagus can out champion. He's fifth to be a champion. He can out kick them all. So if Nagus is in sight from the cart, 
with 800 to go, I'll be like, what? That's going to be a sign like, hey, maybe this 1,500-meter kid can uh, win an NCAA cross-country title. Now, I don't think that's going to happen. I think when it comes to March, the efforts are going to be a lot harder. I think a Wesley Kip 2 is going to push the pace. And I don't think Yared is, has that strength to be able to be in it in a 10K at the very end. But in a race like this where it's a small field, there's what, like seven teams? They might not go out as hard. And the goose just chills in that front pack and doesn't, you know, just stays relaxed the entire time. We could see an upset and Yared win this over Mance and Gorhalva, which would be, mm-hmm. be wild. Yeah, and I want to see, is there still this fire to get out there and compete? Because one thing I noticed from the Stillwater race is nobody knew when their next race was going to be, and it had been a while since they had raced. So they were itching to go, and they didn't want to waste an opportunity. I'm guessing that feeling, that sentiment is still there in the beginning of of this cross-country season, this winter cross-country season, because you don't know when you're going to get a chance to run again. And, and that we'll see teams try to take advantage of that and not really mess around in the same way that maybe they would have taken a, a lackadaisical approach to an early season meet in a traditional season. Uh, Washington should be up there as well. I think they'll want to get, you know, have a good showing in this meet yeah. going into Was- the Pac-12 meet because that's just such a the, – the Pac-12 meet is such a crapshoot. It's a lot of teams crammed together. You don't – you don't want to risk it all uh, on that one weekend. Yeah, I think Washington probably is really looking. I mean, if they can beat Notre Dame, I think that's like a win, right? I think that's going to be their main goal. Because if they can beat Notre Dame, that means they know they're probably going to go to NCAAs, regardless of what happens at Pac 12s. But it's going to be hard. I mean, I think their floor is fourth and their ceiling is third, and it's a matter of what, where they fall. Washington's an interesting team as well because, like, they just announced their indoor track schedule. They're actually hosting a track meet this weekend, a dual meet mm-hmm. against Washington State. Um, one of their top runners, Sam Tanner, has been like running overseas the past few weeks. Like, I think a week ago, he ran in the New Zealand championships <laughs> and ran like a three k. So I'm not even sure if Sam Tanner's in what in in America right now. Uh, so if they're running without him, that'd be a little bit harder. They, I mean, Andy Powell has a lot of great milers. I'm kind of interesting to see. I mean, Andy Powell's notorious for putting a lot of priority on the track seasons over the cross country seasons. You saw that with the Oregon squad, where on paper you're like, "Hey, this Oregon team can do it," and then they wouldn't put together that great of a of a cross country. Uh, result but then indoor they're dominating qualifying multiple guys in the 3k the mile running well in the outdoors so mm-hmm. with indoors and cross country happening at the same time someone like Andy Powell might be having a little harder time trying to balance both uh mm-hmm. I could see Powell maybe not really going all in on cross country and really looking at this as an opportunity to get all of his milers a good spot in the indoor season and maybe he could put a lot of focus on the DMR, the mile, the 3K, and maybe cross-country is kind of like a, a second-tier event. But maybe not. Maybe that's the interesting thing. Talking to different coaches, some coaches are saying cross-country is tier one, indoors tier two, and then there are other coaches say indoors tier one and cross-country is tier two. And uh, not all coaches are going to treat it the same. Not all coaches are looking at cross-country as – the, the main championship and not all of them are looking right. at indoor that way. Uh, you look at yeah. uh, like this weekend while there's this cross country meet with NAU, BYU, Washington and Notre Dame, you know, five great teams. There's a track meet going on in Arkansas where Oregon, Arkansas and Iowa mm-hmm. state are all running, running fast three case. Like we're seeing mm-hmm. Cooper tier, Wesley Kiptu and Amoyne Kemboy, probably three of the best of the top seven runners, they're all running a 3K, while Grijalva, Mance, and Yair Nagus are running an 8K in Nevada. So it's just it's just wild what's happening. Chaos, Chaos Gordon loves this. Chaos Gordon yeah. is very happy about all this because you get to I, ask them. You get to ask the coach, "Hey, I mean, it'll be fun to talk to the coaches on Monday and say, well, what is your strategy? What is your plan for this? Yeah, season." 
And then like those those Oregon guys who are running these three Ks and miles, I think on February fifth are then doing a a cross country meet against Portland. It's just it's just mm-hmm. wild. Yeah. Portland was supposed yeah. to be in this meet, but they had to pull out, which was a bummer. Yeah, that would have made the meet greater, better. On the on the women's side, I know BYU will be without Whitney Orton, so I would assume that makes Washington the favorite according to your projections. Maybe New Mexico could sneak in there and surprise. Although I'm not sure what. I mean, I know you probably know more than I do. What New Mexico has now that Wayne Kalati has moved to the professional. Why race. is uh, Whitney Orton not running? You just have that information. I'm just, I'm just reporting that, Gordon. I'm just, okay. I'm just reporting it. That I heard she she will not be compete. She doesn't have indoors. She ha- she will be in cross this year, but I don't think she's racing this cross country meet. Per got my it. understanding. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Uh, yeah, Washington. I think will be an interesting team again. I mean, they were running some unattached athletes at the track meet and the kind of ran low key pretty good, like Haley Herberg and Ali Sh- uh, Shadler. They both ran mm-hmm. really well in the 15s. So I think Washington sneakily has a really good team. Uh, New Mexico without Kaladi. Um, they still have a lot of good athletes. They have some newer transfers that we can see how they do, but New Mexico takes a big hit when they don't have that guaranteed one stick. Um, so, yeah, I think seeing what New Mexico is will be a fun like data point to gather because mm-hmm. – Without Kaladi, we don't really know. Is this still a podium team? Or now they all of a sudden just a top 10 team? It's just a big unknown. And that's why I'm really excited about these cross-country races is we need more data. We just don't have any data. We have really weird fall meets. We have conference championships that you know don't always run to form of the way an NCAA championship would run. So I just I'm excited for more data to really understand who the teams are and be able to go into March with the true understanding of like, Hey, it comes down to these groups of people. And we just don't know that yet. Mm -hmm. The full list right now of teams that are competing in one of these races, Fresno state, you mentioned Washington, Nevada, we mentioned New Mexico, Utah, San Diego state, Grand Canyon, Boise state. Don't forget about them. UNLV women. Air Force, Weber State, and Utah Valley for this first edition. And then there's going to be another meet in Las Vegas again in in a couple weeks. Which I believe has teams like Stanford, Colorado. Uh, yes, exactly. Yeah, so that'll exactly. be exciting and to see what they do. Potentially. Again. Yeah, I, I, I'm guessing – that they're going to take the temperature of this first meet and then see what they have to, to do and what they want to do and what the indoor descending order lists are looking like and how do they like move around resources. It's just, it, it has to be overwhelming from a coaching perspective, trying to figure out where to go and what to do and how to maximize your team's chances. Yeah, it definitely is. Uh, NAU is in a weird spot because they can, they have talent on both ends, right? They have the mm-hmm. 3K, 5K talent, but also the cross-country talent. Arkansas, I feel like they're gonna they're kind of being like putting all their eggs in the indoor basket. You see what a Moen Kemboy yeah. is. He's running every weekend. Just ran a sub-four mile, and now he's going to run a 3K. Uh, it's wild. I and think we just it. need a few more weeks. I know. We just need a few more weeks to come through and then really understand the landscape. Speaking of the indoor landscape, one thing that really bothered the hell out of me is this past weekend, USTFCCCA had their official national rankings, and they were complete bullshit. They just whoa, weren't whoa. real rankings. They literally only did current results, and that was a national ranking. So these athletes, Tennessee, who has a 14-10 5K runner who's leading the nation – is like scoring 10 points for them. I'm sorry, but Tennessee is not getting 10 points in the 5K from a 14-10 5K runner. And it's not going to happen. Wait, 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 so wait, stop wait. pretending it is. You're so- Hold on, stop for a second. So you're saying you don't like it when you make projections based on what's happening right now? No, I don't like it when they – Who's the – they? 
Who's the first team in the Eastern Conference right now in the NBA? Who's first in the Eastern? No, it's different. It's different. (laughs) No, it's different. You cannot give credit to an athlete for having the fastest 5K mark in the first three weeks when you know for a fact none of the teams that none of the athletes who actually will be in the 5K have bothered to run a fast 5K. It's fake points that they're giving out. You can't give out these fake, and it's like fake relay points. Oh, we ran 946 in the DMR. We're clearly the NCAA favorite. No, you're not. I'm sorry, but Virginia is not the best DMR team in the nation. Like you, mm. Normally, you're supposed to like look at last year and understand, hey, Notre Dame, they're probably going to be there and take away 10 points from Virginia in that DMR. And it just it makes all these teams have the opportunity to be like, look at us, we're top 25. Look at us, we're top 10. It's like, no. It's a fake twenty five. Like fake top. The 10. other team should no, race more. Real. The other team should race more. If they want to be in the fake top twenty five, then they should race more. I kind of like it. It's, it's just like, hey, no, if the championship happened right now, this is what it is. It's very clear what they're doing. It, there's no mystery to it. Do we think Tom it's, Brady's eight hundred two three k is going to be finishing second at NCAA's? No. First of all, never count out Tom Brady. I'll just say that. So maybe it will. You don't know that for sure. No, I think if you put context around what it is and say, hey, if the championships happen right now, based on marks, this is where everybody is. But yes, as a as a predictive tool, it's obviously not a predictive tool. And you're saying ranking should be a predictive tool. I just it's wanted to saying, highlight. No, you know how stupid it is? It's as stupid as saying uh, the Lakers are in after opening – Opening night of basketball season, the Lakers lost to the Clippers. So the Clippers were 1-0 and and the Lakers are 0-1. It'll be as stupid as saying Lakers are in last place and the Clippers mm. are in first place. Like, that means nothing. There's 72 games. And that's what they're doing here. What they're about like if saying you got, Tennessee if you got like is in first games place. In the they're season. not. What? What if you got like 18 games in the season? Would that be enough? Yeah, that's more, that's more than – yes. Then you can say the Sixers are in first place. Well, it'll saying, change. Dude. It'll change. Okay, it let's get change. off of this. Let's get. You, you, it, you, makes you, sport, I, it makes the sport look. We stupid. don't need this I'm negativity. Sorry. We, we should not negativity. be. We have enough other stuff to talk about. These results are real. I'm just. You're going to Las Vegas. Your team's in first place. I don't know why you pick things that make you go into a bad mood. Just be happy. Okay. Be happy. You're okay. gonna see. You're gonna see NAU in a couple days. You're gonna see NAU in a couple days. You're going to see BYU in a couple days. That's exciting, too. You're going to see BYU. I was going to say you're going to see Festus Legat in a few days, but that might be a couple weeks till you see Festus. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Okay. Do you want to talk about the Big Ten? Because the Big Ten Championships is happening this weekend. It's a big weekend for collegiate running. There's a lot going on. (laughs) Big Ten cross country at the same time as indoor track. Who would have thought? Yeah, we're as living a, in it. as the same time as basically a random meet in Las Vegas that's attack, attracting a whole bunch of top ten teams. We're we're having a pre nationals, a bit a conference championship, and an indoor track invitational all at the same time. This well, yeah. yeah, Big Tens that's going down. Uh, no Michigan still, which is super bummer. I mean, we talked about it briefly in a few pods ago, but like that's got to suck. It's just. <laughs> It's yes. stupid. I hate it. It's a good way to I don't like it. It's, it's a good way to put it. It's got to suck. All right, but of the teams that are remaining, we know we know Michigan is not going to be there uh, at the Big Ten Championships. But of the teams remaining, who, and the individuals, who has the best chance at winning these things? I mean, Wisconsin men, definitely the uh, the front runners on the women's side. Maybe be kind of close between Michigan State and Wisconsin. I would say. Probably more edge towards Michigan State. Um, Wisconsin kind of low key has really retooled really quickly, um, even with the the loss of a McDonald and a Oliver Hoare. They got some really good freshmen and sophomores. Where I feel like this Wisconsin team is going to be like really good in a year or two, and by really good like top four good. Uh, they okay. just explain. They found a way to like. Uh, let's look at the results. Um, 
I should I should this come meet is prepared. important. Well, let me just say while you uh, pull up your spreadsheet and close all your Sixers Reddit tabs, let me just say this meet obviously is incredibly important because they don't know how many chances they're going to have to run, and the committee is going to put extra weight on conference championships. So if you lay an egg in the Big Ten championships, it's going to be tough to recover in time to and find the meets that will be able to get you into the NCAA championships. And Big Ten traditionally is one of the deepest conferences in the nation and sends multiple teams. So it it, it is a critical it is a critical weekend for those teams. Yeah. Let's kick and, it over to Gordon um, now who has loaded his spreadsheets. No, I haven't loaded it yet. Dang it. Oh, you what still have Okay, man. What was the name of the uh, what was the name Uh-oh. of the random uh, cross country meet that was in Indiana in Terre Haute? You know what I'm oh, talking the one about? With Paul yeah. The one with Paul Chalimo and Mason Furlick? Yeah. Um was that you, you what if you type in See, Mason Furlick? I found it. I found, it. I found it. Oh, that's right. There was a lot of unattached Wisconsin guys, right? Yeah, they ran there, and they ran a pretty good race. Okay, okay. so it's fine. All right. Let's find these results. Okay, here we go. So um, Jack Mayer, Meyer, Jack Meyer, mm-hmm. um, he was fourth in that race. He finished right behind Morgan Beetlescum. Morgan Beetlescum, 13-30 type guy. So Jack Meyer, uh, he was fourth. Right behind him was Jackson Sharp, who is, I believe, Australian. Um and then they have Shuab Al-Jabali, who I think won USA Junior Cross last year. Yep. And then Olin Hacker is back as well. He's a, he's a strong top five guy. So Olin the, Hacker's the, the, back? Olin Hacker's back, baby. So I think he did. I like it. I like it. Yeah, so they have Meyer, Sharp, Al-Jabali, and Hacker. So they have a really strong front four. Um, mm-hmm. But Jack Meyer is the one who's really kind of come together. They also ran at the track meet. Hold on, let me figure out. Uh, sorry, they ran well at that cross country race. They put four in the. They went one, two, three, four. Um, but then I think what also was very impressive was they ran at the track meet that, and they ran um, some pretty fast five k. So let me find it. So Jackson Sharp ran a thirteen forty four. It's pretty good, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thirteen forty-four, and then Jack Meyer ran thirteen forty-four. So they have two. They basically their one-two punch is two thirteen forty-four guys. I mean, mm-hmm. I take that any day of the week. I mean, ooh, Nico Young ran thirteen forty-four, and if Nico Young is NAU's number two guy, you have two right. basically two guys up front that are your equivalent to NAU's number two. It's pretty good. So I think Wisconsin yeah. low-key is sneakily going to be uh, very impressive. Um, kind of like how Oklahoma State kind of sneakily like, found a way to, like, hey, we got a good group of five that we can go up there and potentially be a podium team. I think Wisconsin is another one of those, hey, we're right now in the 6 to 10 range, but on a great day, we'll finish fourth. Mm-hmm. One more so meet I wanted to preview. One more meet I want to preview, not in the NCAA scene. Uh, the second edition of the American Track League. Are you okay over there? You're flailing around yeah, a lot. People watching. Yeah, yeah. Okay. People listening don't know what I'm talking about. Gordon was gesticulating wildly. I think he had a fly in his apartment or something. Uh, no, now no, his no. head is in his hand. It's just been a tough, tough couple days for Gordon. Okay. Um, American Track League, Fayetteville. You texted me last night. You said these mid-distance fields – are really good. Before you tell me what you don't like about them, tell me what you do like about them. I like that we're seeing a, a fast men's 800, right? Bryce Hopple, Clayton Murphy, Eric Sawinski running an 800. Uh, I know Hopple was recently interviewed by Track and Field News about how he's eyeing an American record in the 1K, wants to run a fast 800. Uh, so... I have a feeling that this is pretty much a tune-up for the New Balance Indoor Grand Prix, which will be mid-February. So I think mm-hmm. a lot of these athletes who are probably going to go to that meet want to get a, you know, a, a run through, mm-hmm. some rust off of just running on an indoor track on that 200 meter bank turn, so they're not just going in 
unaware when they hit when they go to Staten Island. But yeah, I'm excited for this 800. I think I have a feeling it's not going to be Ang- too fast. Angles in there well. Price. Angles is in there too. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be too fast. I think they're. I think it's going to go out a little slow. I bet it goes out in like 51, 52, and then they close. I bet that the winning time is going to be like 146, if I had to guess. That's my prediction. Hmm. I think it's going to be fast. But I, mean, I think they'll run I think- 145 low, 144 high at New Balance. Yeah, I Hopple's indoor PR is is 145.7. I think we always get a little bit ahead of our skis when we're making time predictions in indoor 800s because it's it's a tough race obviously to run indoors and any anything under 146 is is moving pretty good indoors. So, I think you're right. They they could run 146 low, but I think that would still be a good a good time cuz Hopple's only run a few clicks faster but remember last year i mean he debuted with a 145 he debuted with that pr last year at the melrose games and then his outdoor debut which came in august after being (laughs) off for six months he ran a pb of 143.2 to finish second in in monaco so i'll actually i'll take the under there i think he's gonna go 145.5 Ooh, for the no. win. I think it's going to be fast. I think he'll have Murphy angles there to push him as well. I'm I'm seeing a 145.5 here for Bryce Hopple in the, in the debut. I think we'll, we'll see that, but it's not going to be until mid-February. I just think that there's no like prize money on the line, I don't think. Maybe there is. I don't know. Uh, but I just feel like they're going to they're going to treat it like uh, the way you treat your December meet in college. So yeah, let's get our feet wet. See what happens. I think they're going for it. I think that's the theme of this year. They're really going to go for it. Donovan Brazier will be at the meet, but he'll be running the 600. Gordon, do we need to bring up the the world record list for the 600? Indoor 600? Have- I think he's going to get it. <laughs> does he already have it? Does- he probably does. Indoors. Let's see. Yes, 113.77. 113.77. He's got the top two times. Third, Michael Cerrone. Nice. Fourth, Kaz Loxham. Fifth, Isaiah Harris. There's something, there's some common thread there between those people. It's almost like the indoor 600 is really only run in the United States with an emphasis on uh, collegians as well. But anyway, uh, I'm guessing Brazier opens with a, I think he breaks his American record. As well, too. No, no. Yes, yes, it. yes, yes, yes. He is. No, I think you will make a bet. I'm not gonna bet anything with you because we're going to Las Vegas, and if I'm gonna lose money, I'm gonna lose money there, not here. You, you think he's gonna be okay? So in in 2019, he did have he had a he opened up with a 115 in College Station, and then he ran. 115 in the prelims at USA Indoors, and then he ran a 113.77 in the final to get the world record. But he also ran an 800 that year in, at New Balance, and then another 800. Okay, yeah, so that came in about his fourth or fifth race of the year. Still, I'm not betting against him. He's young. He's still t- 23. I think he's going to go hard from the gun. I think he's going to get it. I'm telling you right now, what we will see in this men's 600 and this men's 800 is just going to be a glorified rep of their workout. Like, that's basically what we're seeing. You keep this saying that. A, you keep saying that, and, you, and it's not – I know, but you could have said that last week, and there were some fast times from the first edition of the ATL. You could have said Grant Holloway. I, you could have said You could have said that uh, Trayvon Bromel is just going to go through the motions, and he didn't. I think you have the best guys in the country, some of the best guys in the world in one meet. They're not going to go there and get stomped on. They're going to want to win. No, they're not going to really competitive. No, they're going to win. Like, I don't know. I just – indoor distance runners, they don't open up with, like, incredible marks. You see what Bowerman does every year, their first meet in I just Washington. gave you examples of what Hopple did. I just told you what Hopple did last year. Twice. Outdoor opener, indoor opener. He, he, it doesn't take him long. 
And well, Donovan what about didn't Donovan? have any races under the belt. Yeah, Donovan took a little. Well, Don, so Donovan's first indoor race was in College Station, the 115. And then his second indoor race would have come on January 26th when he ran uh, 145.9. This is in 2019, not 2020. And I bet in that look at- 2019 race that Donovan ran his 115, I bet he came back to run a to run a 4 by 4 split. I guarantee he did. Yeah, that. that was – okay, that's different though. That's that's a little different. He's not going to run a 4 by 4 at the end of this meet. I think that, that, that looks more like a practice to me. This is not – okay, so last year he ran January 25th. At New Balance, he opened with a 114.39 in the 600. This seems to be his his pattern, which which is good. But I think he can run faster than that. Do you think he's faster than he was last year? Do you think he's better than he was last year? Yeah. I, I think he's he can Okay, so 114. Yeah, yeah. I just think that he is not eyeing the ATL as the place to do it. I think he's eyeing ATL as giving like a good – race effort rep to prepare for a bigger meet, which would be New Balance Indoor Grand Prix. I think he's going to do both. If you're telling me that Hopple is going to run the 1,000 at the New Balance Indoor Grand Prix, that leads me to believe that Brazier's probably going to run the 800 at the New Balance Indoor Grand Prix. Is that a correct assumption? Probably, maybe. I don't know. Okay. So you only get so many cracks at the 600 meter world record indoors every year, Gordon. So you got to take advantage of the opportunities when you get them. And this is one of his opportunities. He's got to do it. He'll have the top three times all time. He'll be Mr. 600 indoors. That's a chance at history. Yeah. What was that? Mr. That's like, what, Mr. 3000. That was a Bernie Mac movie. Mr. Uh, 600. Well, maybe if he keeps getting it, then he'll, be able to indoors, so be able to get it outdoors because nobody's been able to to crack it. See, I'm just outdoors. I'm just going off of what I said a few podcasts ago, where this indoor season isn't real, right? With no USA's, no U- indoor worlds, it feels like a fake season. And I feel like these athletes who have the the goal of winning Olympic gold and have the talent mm-hmm. to break American records in distance events. I feel like they are not going to go all in on these types of meets and really kind of walk a fine line when they enter these meets. I mean, well, there's not a championship. If you're right about that, there's not a championship, but you could have been wrong in the fact that no one's taking it seriously, just based on the names of who's showing up and how fast some of the people are running and the marks that are putting down. Like Grant Holloway is clearly taking the season seriously. He ran, he equaled his American record. Now he's going to go to Europe and run a bunch of meets. So short of there being a championship, he's taking about about as seriously as he would if there were a championship is what I'm saying. I'm sorry, but you can't take a meet that has 60 athletes and three of them run well and be like, hey, three out of 60 is a very small percentage. I mean, Divine yeah, Odoo ran 6.65. Six, he ran slower than a yeah. bunch of college kids, and he's so much but better the Mar- than the marquee people showed up is what I'm saying. The mark I'm not looking at the person who's gonna be a, a fringe championship contender. I'm talking about the marquee people, the Krausers, the Holloways, the Fred Curleys, the Bromels. I'm interested to see what Shawnee Miller Weibo does this weekend. She's in this race too. I think we might have been wrong, is what I'm saying about it. I think I think they might be taking it more seriously than we thought because Maybe those outdoor meets never popped up. They never materialized. So they're just sticking with the traditional indoor season because that's what they've known. And that's what they've done before. And there are meets to compete indoors. So if you're not, why would Brazier change anything? Like I'm just looking through the years. Like it's pretty normal for him to start with 600 early on. Why would he change anything in an Olympic year? Keep the same thing. True. Yeah. And maybe they replace what they would have done early March with an outdoor meet or something like that. Yeah. Where the world indoor championships would have been or where the U S indoor championships would have been. Yeah. You, you plug something in, in that spot, but then you keep everything the same. I get your point. The fields aren't that deep, but they're not that deep. Even on like, I've been to a lot of U S indoor championships. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a lot of people who made finals and you would not be able to pick them out of a lineup. It does not go very deep. Like I'm looking at the 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 200 field that Shawnee Miller Weibo 
is is racing against. Shamir's li- Shamir Little's in there. Obviously, she's a great runner, but that's off distance for her. And, and then there's two other women in there who would not be running in Diamond League finals, right? So it's just it's not going to well, be that deep. I think Shamir Little's they're running the 200 there because I think it's an easy all-time mark to get because the 200 isn't run after college indoors. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I think that's a, a play of like, hey, we could easily get a, a world record potentially. Because what is it? The 200 meter world record is 2187 from nine from indoors. It's 2187 from 1993. If the top t- times here's here's when all the top times in the 200 were run: 1993, 1995, 1987, 1996. So she's probably gonna get the American record: 2233. Gwen Torrance. She's not American. She ran it in 1996. She's not American. Gwen Torrance. Oh, she's not American. I'm talking about. I'm talking. I'm talking about. Remember, 2187's fast. She's only ran. She's only done one time faster than that uh, outdoors. That's true. So that would be that would be, be like a top ten mark all time. Is what it's going to be. Yeah, she'll get that. She'll smash that national record, probably. Yeah, and, and there you go. Like yeah, there you go. I yeah, I just the depth. You're right. The depth isn't there, but I think even on Goodyear's indoors, the depth isn't always there. It might come around there, towards yeah. the end. Do you think? Do you think Krauser's going to break his world record again? No, I'm kind of surprised he's still going. It's like, what? You kind of you did everything you can. What's there? I mean, what's next to a 23? I guess he's still 23. That's 23? Yeah, okay. that's true. That's a good point. How many times do you think Krauser has thrown a shot like over like over 21 meters, but purposely fouls so it doesn't count? <laughs> I thought what, what I'd like to ask Krauser is what what's he throwing in practice? Has he yeah. gone over twenty three in practice? In practice, he might have. Yeah, that's a but cool you know, thing. You're about so the good, where like you can just like I ah, twenty one. I don't need that mark. Step. Yeah, step. Because <laughs> <laughs> they do that a lot when they don't when they, they yeah. don't want like bad marks on their resume. They purposely foul them. Yeah. Yeah. Like now, twenty-one meters. Like he's too good for twenty-one meters. It'd be kind of wild. Yeah, that'd be an interesting thing to have happen in a uh, in track, like in a running race. If you could somehow still win the competition but have your time voided. Yeah, I, like, I, I don't want this. I don't want this. I don't want this tactical three fifty-five, fifteen hundred on my record. Can I just erase that? I mean, I still want to win, but I don't want that on my record. Yeah. So like when they win, they people. like purposely like step on the inside rail right when they cross the finish line. Like I didn't want it to count. I want only sub fours to count on my resume. Yeah. 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 Well, I guess the equivalent would have been, you know, just you DNF at a marathon when it looks like you're, you're not going to run yeah. a good time, but then, th- but then you're out of the money. So it doesn't really work. Some of these field events are a lot better when you can, you can still win, but then get, get your lesser marks scraped. What's weird is, how many people are like digging in to look at like Ryan Krauser's fifth best throw in his series? It's like if you throw twenty two eight, all I'm interested in is your twenty two eight. Like I don't care yeah, if you threw. True. You could have you could have thrown five meters in the fourth round. I don't. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not gonna criticize you at all for that. So that's that's this weekend. Uh, part of a intensely busy weekend, which we'll be we'll be on the anchor leg of that, Gordon. We'll be on the Monday side of things with this. Yeah. What are we gonna do in, in Vegas? In Las Vegas. What's there to do? You're from uh, there. Never uh, – what's there to do? I don't know. They got casinos. So if you're into gambling, you could do that. Maybe you put a futures bet on the Sixers, although that's probably a bad time to do it right now because you probably could have got better odds about – well, even a couple of days ago, probably before the Lakers game, you probably could have got better, much better odds. There's some free stuff you can do. I just like the people watch. When I lived there, I didn't go to the Strip that much. Because when you live there, you don't really go. They have like local casinos that you can go to where you can, you know, have a good time. But it's good people watching. So I might just walk around outside and see see the new the new hotels that I haven't seen in a while. See some of the the new construction. Food's really yeah, good. I, Tons of good place to eat. 
I bet I wonder if the, I'm sure the buffets are probably closed because of COVID. <laughs> right. Yeah, I will not be joining you for that. You can you can have a good time doing that. I will not be joining you there. But yes, there are a lot of there's a lot of good food too, not just a oh, lot man. of cheap food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of the best restaurants in the world are actually in Las Vegas. You've been right. We talked about this. So I've been there twice now. I went there once when I was a kid. Great, great okay. parenting. They take me to the yeah. casino as a kid. Uh, yeah. And it was when like most of the stuff wasn't even built. Like the Paris casino wasn't built yet. Like mm -hmm. it was super early on in the Vegas years. And then I went recently like two or three years ago to uh, just film an interview with Donovan Brazier. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Wait, what? Yeah. Explain. Yeah. Uh, uh, Mark Wetmore, uh, what's their, what's his agency's name? Oh, Global, uh, Global Sports. Global Sports. They were doing like a, hey, come to Vegas and you can interview our new athletes. And Donovan was there and I was like, yeah, hey, it might be worth it because Donovan was just going pro and, you know, it'd been fun to like kind of get that. And I think the Lyles were there. So I was like, yeah, it'll be maybe get some cool content. So I drive. It was just like a one night thing. Uh, I stayed at the hotel that Britney Spears was at. I don't know what it was. I just remember seeing Britney Spears ads everywhere because she had a residency at the hotel. Okay. Uh, okay. Just went, f flew in, stayed at the hotel, woke up. No, I, I flew in, did the meetings. It was just like a round table. I think John Galt from Let's Run was there. And then after we had nothing to do, we just went to the bar. And then me and John went to the Bellagio Casino, and okay. John played blackjack. I didn't because I was, I didn't, I didn't want to, I didn't trust myself. I was, I was trying to be a good person and not and trust, not trust myself. And then that was it. We saw the water things go up. You know, the Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All in the night. Great, great, great Vegas night. Didn't do much, and then I got on a flight <laughs> the next morning. That's all it was. Very short and simple. I'm looking at the I've yet to have like a true Vegas night where like you're there for Vegas, you know. I'm s I have so many questions. I pulled up the video here. You guys are just sitting in a like a hotel lobby, basically. Yeah. It was <laughs> why did they do it in Las Vegas of all places? Like what if what, what for is that. going on here? <laughs> Maybe Mark Webber, one of the athletes, be like, let's go to Vegas. I think it was like media so this, training for them. I think it was media training, and he's like, hey, we'll bring in media, and you can practice being interviewed by them. How many people showed up? Uh, there was like four of us, four or five. It was me, John, I think someone from Track and Field News, and then Run, Vlog, Run. And maybe and someone from Brazier, It was Brazier, Lyles, who else? I think Tom Scott was there, and then like a sprinter. I don't remember. Man. Times have changed. <laughs> Times have changed. I'm just trying to think yeah. about getting that approved in, in today's uh, I know, right? <laughs> today's climate. That'd be that'd, that'd yeah, be interesting. Be that'd be interesting. Yeah, I think uh there there's a lot of things to do in Las Vegas and you're right. It's a horrible place to go as a little kid. That's why when people asked me when I was growing up there, like, oh, were you always in the casinos? It's like, no, it's not. You don't do that when you're 13. I mean, maybe some people do, but they they keep things pretty exclusive there, especially the nice stuff. But there's a lot of free stuff you can do. And when we moved there, this was in the 90s. So you talk about the Paris not being built, a whole bunch of other stuff was not built yet. And a lot of the hotels that were up has since been imploded, which that was that was a professional sport essentially in Las Vegas was when a hotel got imploded. Everybody would like watch and it would be on the news and you'd, it was in the newspaper <laughs> for like four days about this hotel is about to be imploded. And then you, you could see it. Um, I used to be able to see part of the strip from my bedroom window, like in Whoa. the early nineties. Cause yeah, we lived really far out, but there was no, no big buildings in the way. But I, yeah, we would go around and see the free stuff, you know, go, this hotel has this thing. Let's check it out. Like this hotel has that thing. Let's, let's check it out. Which was, which was fun, but I think it's a little more luxurious now, a little more high end, not as uh, not as edgy and as as it used to be. Which is good for you because you're a high end guy. Yeah. But I feel like you'd like I th I feel like you'd like going during like March Madness or something. 
and going into a sports book and and, yeah, and that living that life. And then, you know, they mess with the lighting, right? In the in the casinos. Yeah, so it so always, always looks like daytime. Like... Yeah. I was hoping that this yeah. – imagine if this event was next weekend and we got to spend Sunday night in Vegas on Super Bowl night. That would have been fun. We would not be able to afford that trip. So it's kind of good that we didn't because – yeah yeah first <laughs> week of march fun, first week of yeah first week of march madness and, and super bowl sunday are just completely nuts um yeah but yeah it's uh it's one of those things where i i when you grow up in it you don't realize how unique it is and then when you get older you're like oh that's kind of weird that this city is does uh, like all of this just this gigantic playground for you know what we should do for, for adults hmm. we should get a camera hidden camera and i'm going to go up to one of the sports books and i'll be like hi i would like to place 100 bucks on nau on the NA. silver state <laughs> and they're like what nau <laughs> and see how like how long yeah 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 they're, they're going up against byu plus 100 you know i, I won't yeah. i won't take the odds and they'll be like what he's like yeah you don't know it's happening here in your backyard you don't have the odds yeah. on this here let me help you out yeah. and then like uh <laughs> I like it. I like it. All right. Send us any bets that you want us to place. Uh, just kidding. Flowtrack podcast at right. gmail.com. Thanks, everybody. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. You got a last word? Save it. You're going to remember till Tuesday? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thanks to Alon for producing. Thanks, everybody, uh, for listening and downloading this week. Stay tuned for our coverage throughout the weekend. Keep it locked on Flowtrack. We'll talk to you guys on Tuesday.